0: Decades, the award-winning Your Financial Editor Program on 930 WFMD, news from the worlds of business and finance, with Your Financial Editor, Chris Murray. Welcome to another edition of the Your
1: Financial Editor Program right here on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com as a podcast on iTunes, and also you can download the free uh, WFMD app uh, to your smart device and listen to the program uh whenever you like i am chris murray your host thanks so much for being part of the your financial editor program uh today uh so glad to have you just want to say uh first and foremost thank you to everyone who paid the ultimate price as we celebrate your life uh on this memorial day weekend we remember you um the sacrifice you made that your families and your loved ones and your friends made uh, from the very first uh, skirmishes here in America to those that continue to this hour as we speak. And all those folks that put themselves in harm's way, um, all of our military personnel, our law enforcement, our first responders. Um, thank you so much. Uh, and again, uh, I, I, it's the ultimate price. So, not much can be said. So, I'm not even going to try it. But I can just say thank you and God bless you and, and your families. And, um, interesting program. We've got some good top stories. Uh, we're going to be talking about some economic data. Joining me in just a little bit, Mr. Dean Chang. Um, he's a specialist on China, whether it's their military, their space capabilities, uh, their political and, and, uh, and other, uh, affairs in China. Uh One thing in particular we're going to be talking about is China's new digital currency. And is it a national security threat, not just to us here in the United States, but abroad? So uh buckle up for that. That's right around the corner. At the beginning of the week, it was really good to see that Florida officials announced an end to the $300 weekly federal virus unemployment compensation um extra payment if you will that made uh, Florida the 23rd state to opt out of the uh, jobless boost why they're trying to get people back to work there's a labor shortage and you see that you know fortunately these businesses are able to open up especially in well-run states like Florida uh, where they've been ahead of the uh, the virus as opposed to uh, being like a little dog on a leash, kind of drug down the sidewalk. That's what so many of these other um, states and municipalities uh, look like. Um, and the whole time they yell science, 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 um, and obviously that's, proven to be a massive bust the more and more we find out about this now including you know where it came from you notice i don't call it covid i've always just said the virus and how it made its way here because it was always obvious to me um, that it was uh, manufactured either naturally or uh, by human hands uh, in china and they've never taken any responsibility for it they're pathetic Millions of people killed around the world, and they won't take credit for it or admit it. They're they're pathetic. And, again, I'm, I, I never talk about the Chinese people like that. What is it, 1.2 billion? But um, 83 million of them are the Communist Chinese Party. They're the ones, and that's where all the damage comes from. Uh, something else that uh, we saw this week, this wasn't good to see, like the open, uh, or excuse me, the uh, rollback in, um, those additional uh, unemployment checks down in uh, down in Florida. We saw this week that the Department of Agriculture will begin making loan forgiveness payments to thousands of wait for it minority farmers. Yep, in June. That's part of uh, the administration's vi- uh, virus relief uh, plan. About four billion dollars of the American American Rescue Plan, I think this one was, was set aside for Black, Hispanic, and Indigenous uh, farmers. To address years of what? Yes, yeah, systemic racism, of course, because when the virus came uh, and shortly before that, uh, I think we we're it was like the what, like late 1600s or something. So it's amazing how much time's gone by with the virus and with this new administration. Uh, but the plan uh, has made it possible for the USDA to deliver um, debt relief to uh, certain farmers that, Again, they they choose. Uh, Beginning in June, that was uh, the announcement from the Ag Secretary, Tom Vilsack, who's terrible. Um, He was a terrible Ag Secretary for Obama. Uh, Then he went to work in the private sector for a national uh, milk uh, organization and uh, got paid about $960,000 a year. And uh, I don't know that he earned any of it. Uh, the one reason I say that is because I saw an interview on, on national television where the person interviewing him asked how the dairy industry was going to compete with um, oat milk and almond milk and rice milk, etc. And he just said they're just really going to have to, you know, um, work hard at it. Well, that was so stupid. Because there is no such thing as almond milk or rice milk or oat milk. They're juices. You know, the joke, when you eat an almond, does it have an udder on it? Do you milk it before you eat it? They shouldn't even be allowed to call it almond milk. And he did nothing to defend the real dairy product. He's terrible. I mean, how can you not do that as you're cashing a nine hundred thousand dollar plus check each year? Another thing that was announced this week, Biden is going to rely on foreign countries to supply the bulk of the metals needed to build electric vehicles. Just when we get energy independent, these guys come in, shut down pipelines, take away lands where we can do energy exploration we're energy independent. Who cares what goes on with uh, with Iran or Venezuela or whatever? As far as when it comes to energy, we don't have to rely on them anymore. No, yeah, okay. Let's uh, let's shut all those things down. Let's uh, drive fuel prices up, which is what we've seen. As soon as they made those stupid, uh, and I'm, that's my word of the day for these, some of these stories is stupid. Uh, but Biden's proposing one point uh, of that $1.7 trillion infrastructure plan, which isn't an infrastructure plan, there's $174 billion to boost the domestic uh, electric vehicle market. So you'll get your tax credits and grants for these battery manufacturers and others that are in that circle that are going to donate big money um, to these uh, politicians. All right. So now we're talking about mining. Well, we're not going to do it here. We're going to do, we're going to rely on foreign countries. Same thing. If they get mad, they stop shipping it to us. Um, and also how much are you going to strip mother earth? I mean, have you ever seen what a mining area looks like? Look it up. Just do a search and look it up how they strip the earth. I mean, how many mile wide craters are they going to create? And you know what? Where do all the batteries and the solar panels, et cetera, go when they're used up? When they're no good anymore, where are you going to put them? Maybe in your backyard. That'll be good for the, uh, for the drinking water and for everything else underground. We were energy independent. Finally. We didn't have to rely on anybody. We were exporting energy. Our, uh, emissions were down. That's a double win. Energy independent emissions are down. And then they just mess that whole thing up. Why? It's all politics. It's about money and power. That's all it is. Um, also, we heard from Janet Yellen, the Secretary of the Treasury, this week, asking Congress for another $13.2 billion for the IRS. Um, she said that's a top uh, priority for the administration, so you're thinking, okay, new computers, new paint jobs, get nice new comfy chairs for people that have to sit in front of the screen all day. Nah, just more people, more people, more bureau- uh, bureaucracy, bigger government. They think, you know, this administration. It's obvious with, and it's not, it's not made up. You just look at the writing in all of these uh, plans or bills or proposals that they can help you live your life better than you can live it yourself. So uh, it's just back to what we saw uh, two administrations ago. You know, let them make the decisions for you. Also, I'll tell you what's going on at the IRS. What that means is more surveillance, not only what comes out of your bank accounts, but what goes in. So that should scare the pants off of you, if nothing else. Uh, as far as economic data, the Consumer Confidence Index decreased uh, just a little bit in April. According to the conference board, information came out on Tuesday. Um, economists were looking for a reading of 118.7. They got 117.2, so uh, a little bit of a miss there. Um, then we had quite a bit of housing data this week. Uh, U.S. single-family home prices in 20 key urban markets rose in March. So this is that lagging indicator that comes from uh, S&P K. Schiller, that partnership. It's an index of 20 metropolitan areas. I'll tell you what, though, prices were up 13.3% year over year from March to March. That's a serious gain. 1.6% just from February to March. So you continue to see the housing market uh, it's just incredibly strong. Now, pending home sales took a hit in April, but that's because there is a shortage of uh, of housing, and that remains a serious headwind for those folks that are out there looking for homes. Pending home sales were down 4.4%, uh, according to the National Association of Realtors. However, when you look at April of 2020 to April of 2021, contract signings were up 51.7%. That's a serious year-over-year gain, 517 And when you listen to uh, Lawrence Young, the National Association of Realtors Chief Economist, he said the contract signings are approaching the pre-virus levels after the big surge due to the lack of sufficient supply of affordable homes. So that kind of spilled over to the new home sale. We saw new home sales down by 5.9% last month according to the Commerce Department. Also March's sales uh that pace was revised lower. But when you look at the year over year uh sales number there 48.3% April 2020 to April 2021. I mean that's a big big move. Um and of course it's uh it's inventory and it's just driving up prices and you know, all kinds of uh, stuff, which is definitely good for the seller, makes it really tough when there's buyers out there. Um, we also saw last week that unemployment claims came in at 406,000. Uh, I don't get excited about that. It's better than the previous week, but you're still around double what it was before the virus came here, uh, when this economy and jobs market was just banging on all eight cylinders. Um, natural, organic, real, true growth, um, hitting records for a lot of, uh, different categories with employment, uh, in a positive way. And it was broad. It didn't matter. I I always tell people it didn't matter if you were a high school dropout or you had, uh, you know, four PhDs, um, it didn't matter what color you were. It didn't matter if you were a man or a woman. Um, just phenomenal employment numbers that we saw before the virus uh, made its way here. Um, but unfortunately, all that win was taken out of the sale. And um, the other thing I was surprised, the, the GDP number was supposed to be revised higher for the first quarter, uh, but it wasn't. Uh, the first revision of Q1 GDP showed that uh it stayed at 6.4% economists were expecting it to go up to 6.5% as an annualized rate that didn't happen um and i did, i do think that surprised some people because there was uh you know so much money being printed and passed out that the economy really should have and you consider where we were last year I mean, not to get the economy to grow gangbusters after the virus, um, you'd, you'd be a sad individual. I'd said that, you know, what it took after the um, financial crisis, now, you know, you needed a third grader to really get things going in the right direction and have positive numbers. After this virus, really, I think we could put a, you know, you could get a kindergartner in there, and if they're smart... Uh, they'll be able to get things uh, done correctly. What wasn't good yesterday was the um, personal income and spending. So that's something that we'll um, we'll have to keep an eye on because it just showed inflation. Inflation's here. Inflation's real. um, And yet people are saying there is no inflation. We'll tell that to people filling up their gas tanks and making their meals tonight or if you're going to have a a picnic, you know, over this uh, this weekend. It's real. Night country, take me home. Take me to the place
2: where I
1: was born. Night country. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And also, um, as a podcast on iTunes, forgot to tell you the latest complimentary uh, takeaway that we have at MurrayFinancialGroup.com for you is, uh, will your money last as long as you do? Uh, That's such an important question and, you know, one that everyone should ask and make sure they have a solid answer, too. So, um, again, uh, if you go to murrayfinancialgroup.com, you'll get that complimentary download uh, to your email so you can enjoy it uh, over the weekend, just real quick, interesting uh, Federal Reserve official James Bullard. He's the president of the uh, Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis, said that there may be too many cryptocurrencies out there. And he also thinks that um, out of those a couple of thousand or so, um, most of them are worthless. So um, really interesting. You know, this is at a time when uh, you saw Bitcoin. Prices sell off by more than 50 percent from their peak where they were before uh, mid-April. And then you kind of had this uh, piling on, if you will, from a Federal Reserve official, along with other people that are talking about it and tweeting about it. so that was pretty interesting. Another thing that was just an embarrassment, uh, get back, circle back around to, uh, the U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. She really provoked some concerns and disappointment from elected officials down on Capitol Hill who held a small business hearing that, uh, she didn't show up for. So the hearing focused on virus relief programs. It was conducted by the U.S. House Small Business Committee and featured the head of the Small Business Administration, uh, Ms. Guzman. So uh, this is how bad it was. The chairman of the committee is a Democrat from New York, and she opened up the hearings by saying uh, that Yellen's absence was in complete disregard for the law, which requires her to appear. And she said without Secretary Yellen at the table, the uh, committee couldn't properly fulfill their oversight responsibilities to American taxpayers, nor the nation's entrepreneurial community. That's pretty bad, isn't it? I mean, that's just a smack in your face if you're a, a business owner, entrepreneur out there, really, really pathetic um And, again, it shows what this administration is really all about. Uh, it's themselves and uh, the people they like to hang out with and not the American people. Will your money last as long as you do is the latest uh, complimentary report for you at murrayfinancialgroup.com. When we come back, we'll be talking with Dean Chang, my guest. Um, he's an expert on China, uh, and we're going to be talking about their new digital currency. Is it a national security um, not just for us, but also elsewhere. I woke up
0: down in hell with a bottle. It's your financial editor with Chris Murray on 930 WFMD.
1: Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And, of course, as a podcast at iTunes. Uh, the other thing you can do, if you'd like, is uh, download the free WFMD app on your smart device and you can listen to the programming, uh, wherever, uh, and whenever you'd like to. So, uh, help yourself to that, uh, free download. Uh, as I mentioned right before the break, we were going to be, uh, jumping into our discussion this morning that, uh, has, uh, concerns China, uh, their, uh, digital currency, uh, in particular, but also just some other uh, tidbits, if you will, that will get my guest, Mr. Dean Chang. He's, uh, the senior research fellow on Asian Studies Center, uh, Davis Institute for National Security and Foreign Policy at the Heritage Foundation. Uh, Dean's a friend of the program. He's been on before, uh, puts some really, really good information out, uh, constantly, actually uh on China and what's going on um you've probably seen him on TV heard him on radio um and uh and read you know some of the uh, other pieces uh, that he's written besides what uh, is posted at the uh at the heritage.org uh site so uh dean thank you so much for joining us this morning i appreciate it Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you back. So um, I guess we'll start out, um, since you are so uh, so knowledgeable on China, how would you describe our current relationship, uh, both uh, politically and economically, with China?
0: Uh, well, to borrow a term from social media, it's a complicated. Um, we continue to be very closely tied to each other economically china is part of american supply chains people sometimes forget we're part of their supply chains too Um but increasingly we are looking at a lot of tension Um the chinese have been crossing the midline of the taiwan straits with fighter planes uh... the south china sea continues to be a major source of concern um, the Chinese are uh, politically uh, challenging us across uh, not just Asia, but the world. Uh, you see this with their efforts to blame us for covid um, and in places as wide ranging as cyberspace and outer space. They are shaping up to be the premier um, competitor. Uh, the chinese just landed on mars um successfully Uh, that makes them really only the second country to land successfully on the red planet
1: Yeah. so how did that happen um i know they've been working uh and had this goal in mind for decades it didn't happen overnight but where did all of that expertise and that guidance come from that allowed them to go from where they were to now uh... being you know close to equal with us
0: uh... well a lot of it came from their tendencies to save to plan for the long term and to keep their eye on the ball i mean while we have uh... your project sixteen nineteen and all of these efforts to explain why america really isn't such a great country um, you don't hear that from the chinese um... while you know americans are studying transgender studies and things like that the chinese are churning out engineers Um when you have a plan to go to mars uh... you know that is ten years in the making you have programmatic stability so rather than uh... you look at our efforts to go back to the moon and every administration changes how we want to do it how many people what kind of rockets are we going to use that's incredibly expensive the chinese said Ten years ago 15 years ago we're going to do this we're going to put this much money against it and we're going to do it every year so if you're a program manager you don't have to worry am i going to have funding for this next year or the year after
1: amazing yeah like you said uh you know keeping their eye on the ball and that's something that uh, our country has uh drifted away from and it's really really sad when you uh when you just kind of sit and think about it um So how do you mention, you know, what's going on in the uh, South China Sea? And some people are aware of that listening. Maybe some people aren't. Um, How tense is it there right now between the United States and China?
0: So keeping in mind that $5.3 trillion worth of trade passes through the South China Sea every year, the Chinese, um, over the last 20, 25 years, have steadily increased their pressure to say, this is Chinese territorial waters the way the United States thinks of Chesapeake Bay okay, or Long Island Sound. Um, So U.S. ships uh, and planes do what are known as freedom of navigation operations, meaning this is international waters. We have a right to fly through here, to sail through here, to do military exercises if necessary through here, like any country can do in the Gulf of Mexico um... and the Chinese, uh, have trailed us, um... in, they have behaved very dangerously around us. Back in 2001, there was a collision between a Chinese fighter plane and an American patrol aircraft. um... there, a few years ago, CNN actually rode on a P-3 of one of our patrol aircraft and recorded the Chinese radio signals to that plane, which were basically turn around, you're violating Chinese airspace, uh, mind you, this is hundreds of miles from China's shores, um, you know, turn around, go away. So it's it's not to the point of shooting at each other, but it is very much at the point where, uh, in particular, the Chinese are acting very dangerously around ships and around planes.
1: Yeah, it sounds like they're extremely aggressive with the different things I've heard, along with what uh, those examples that, uh, that you just shared. So... <clears throat> How do we move forward with this? What do you think the uh, the the kind of the secret sauce is, where we can smooth things out uh, and stay, um, you know, competitive, but don't go over that line where it triggers, you know, something that probably no one in the world wants to see or experience.
0: Well, one of the things that people sometimes forget um and your program is a good way of getting this word out there is the american economy is still the largest in the world you know there's a lot of because folks don't always pay attention to the details they think oh china's economy is as big or bigger than ours it's not um there are supply chains from america that go to china and often those are much harder to replace so for example if you think about your cell phone you've got memory But you've also got the processor. Well, those processors are designed in the United States in many cases and are manufactured outside of China by companies that either are working with us or are sometimes American. Um, That's one of the key things to keep in mind is we still hold a lot of cards, but that means that we need to know how to play them intelligently. Uh, it means holding the Chinese feet to the fire when they steal our intellectual property. It means, um that enforcing things like the lists we have, uh, that sometimes prohibit the Chinese from entering into our supply chains. War, banning Huawei from the American, uh, and more importantly the North American telecommunications grid. So there's a, there's a lot of things we can do that don't involve Aegis cruisers and carrier battle groups, but that basically send the message to China, You're economically as committed to this as we are. We're not the ones who are, you know, supplicants.
1: Do you think we have the uh, right people in those chairs uh, to, uh, you know, to speak with their counterparts from China on those issues?
0: Well, I think that uh, when you have... uh, In the past when we've had a businessman who understands finance, I think we were somewhat more oriented towards thinking that way. Um, The problem is that... um, most politicians, most diplomats, most military officers have never run a business. So they don't understand the ins and outs of finance. They don't understand that a credit rating downgrade can be every bit as devastating as you know, a, JDAM on a on a forehead, depending on what it is you want to do. And I always hope that you know, Congress, for example, will finally get around to saying to the Chinese, "You want to list on American stock exchanges, you have to you have to abide by Sarbanes Oxley. We're not going to let you have an exemption anymore, like many Chinese companies currently do."
1: Yeah, you know, that's an excellent point, and that's something that I know a lot of people aren't familiar with, where they, you know, don't have to play by the same rules, and that's just ridiculous. Um, because it, it just puts uh, the investor at such a disadvantage because there's not that transparency. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with our guest this morning, friend of the program, Mr. Dean Chang. Um, he's a senior research fellow uh, at the Asian Studies Center, Davis Institute for National Security and Foreign Policy at the Heritage Foundation. You can go to heritage.org and um, – get all kinds of uh, great information that uh, Dean has uh, ha- has written and uh, put out there. And when we come back, one piece that really caught my attention recently, uh, he did a podcast with one of his colleagues, uh, Virginia Allen, and um, I read the uh, transcribed uh, piece of that, and um, it's about – China's digital currency. Now, this is a little forward thinking. You probably haven't heard much about that. And again, that's why we want to make you um, aware of it and get real true uh, information uh, on this digital currency. And you're going to get it from my guest, Mr. Uh, Dean Chang, in uh, just a couple minutes. So stay tuned. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930, WFMD at WFMD.com. You can listen to the program as a podcast or re-listen to it or share it if you'd like. Um, And also you can listen to the program uh, if you download the free WFMD um, app. Um, That way you can listen to it on your smart device whenever and wherever you are. Uh, It's actually in the audio vault that you can uh, find right there on your app uh my guest joining me this morning mr dean chang he's a senior research fellow asian study center at davis institute for national security and foreign policy at the heritage foundation um puts out tremendous work uh in particular on uh china uh in all areas actually and um uh, we've had him on before, as I mentioned, get a lot of good stuff from uh, from Dean. He earned his bachelor degree in politics from Princeton University. He studied for a doctorate at MIT, and he and his lovely wife uh, reside in Vienna, Virginia. And um, so I guess, Dean, you know, like I mentioned before the break, this uh, this interesting news that uh, you and Virginia Allen spoke about on her podcast uh, but it, the piece was uh, when I was looking at the email in my box, it's is China's digital currency, a national security threat? What you need to know. Tell us about this.
0: So, one of the first things I want to make very clear is there is a difference between uh, digital currency and cryptocurrency. Uh, cryptocurrency is digital, but not all digital currency is cryptocurrency. Um, so, to begin with, the Chinese are definitely cracking down on cryptocurrency, and they're doing it for a number of reasons, not least of which is China wants control over its own population so they don't want people using money that they can't monitor um, they want uh, to make sure that things are transparent to the government remember this is a country that has social credit scores that scores you on your behavior by monitoring your internet practices and all the things you might do on your cell phone um, separate from that is the Chinese effort to expand their digital currency to make the renminbi um more digitized now and again part of that is for monitoring people in China um to know where you are spending money and while they can monitor credit cards and debit cards by moving to digital currency by trying to m- remove literal physical money it makes it much harder for people to do things n- in a way that the government can't monitor um, now, the Chinese say this is to prevent crime, and it's true that digital currency would cut down on some aspects of crime. But it also makes it harder for tourists to operate there, for intelligence officers to operate there. It, um, so that's one part of the national security equation. Another part to this is that the Chinese are trying to make the renminbi more internationalized without making it freely convertible. And again, that's because the Chinese government, the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, wants to have a very tight control over anything having to do with money, because money is sovereignty. And so, as they do the Belt and Road Initiative, as they invest abroad, they want those countries to to tie their currencies, the Kazakhs, the uh, Tajiks, um, the Azerbaijanis, and eventually even Europeans, to the renminbi in ways... So you know, both big and small, digital currency is one of those tools. Well,
1: and and that's important for people to realize too, because their footprint um, is getting larger around the world as far as loans and infrastructure projects, et cetera. So it sounds like that would be an easy entrance uh, for them to to propose this tie-in
0: that's one but for example if you go to the pentagon city mall uh down here in in dc you'll see that simon malls um the the people who manage that will take alipay that many of the um stores there will take alipay alipay is a chinese um electronic payment system uh think of it as sort of like apple pay right um so what we are seeing is not just Great big government projects, but even at the individual consumer level, what the Chinese are trying to do is to make Chinese credit systems and currency systems every bit as recognizable around the world and usable as Visa and MasterCard.
1: Um, what was that uh, that program you just mentioned, the name, the, the uh, payment they
0: accepted? The Alipay? A L I P A Y. Um, it's an outgrowth of alibaba which is um... the chinese combination of uh... apple and amazon Um the guy who started it a guy named jack ma is the richest person in china he recently disappeared for a little <laughs> while because he was literally pulled in for questioning because he had uh... he had literally just oh. simply challenged whether chinese financial regulators were too old-fashioned He didn't criticize the government per se, he didn't criticize the leaders, he certainly didn't question the Chinese Communist Party, but he is now under investigation. And Alipay, which was supposed to do an IPO last fall, $34 billion, the biggest IPO in history, was yanked with like 72 hours before it was supposed to go live, because the Chinese authorities were like, we don't like this guy Jack Ma. We're going to investigate everything he is involved in, including killing this IPO.
1: It's amazing. And uh, the other gentleman from Hong Kong, the entrepreneur uh, who was just sentenced to like 14 months in prison, the same thing happened to him, right?
0: Uh, Jimmy Lai. Yeah, Jimmy Lai. Um, So uh, Lai is a little bit different in the sense that he is a media person, not a um, uh, uh, retail entrepreneur but yes he now he was in much deeper trouble because he's been somebody who's been speaking out for basic things like human rights freedom of speech freedom of the press um and so that's why he's gotten jail time jack ma who is a chinese citizen not a hong kong citizen like uh, jimmy Lai, um has always been much more circumspect you you don't go around calling for you know free speech in china um but that didn't save him either
1: Unbelievable. Um, so, what's going? I guess I'll just divert real quick. What's going to happen in Hong Kong because of some of the changes that are going on there? Is that basically going to just be um, sucked in uh, or back into China?
0: Um, it was always going to revert to China. That was the terms of the deal. Um, but it was supposed to revert in 2049. Uh, what the Chinese, what what the West always thought and hoped was that Hong Kong being this huge global financial center, huge global business center, was laying enough golden eggs that the Chinese wouldn't want to risk damaging the goose. Um, What many people now realize is that China would rather Hong Kong be a Chinese financial center, with all that implies, state control, heavy surveillance, limited freedoms, all of those things, it would rather have Hong Kong be a Chinese financial center than a global financial center. Even if and it's not as lucrative, right? Even if it's not as lucrative. And so this idea that, oh, look, everyone wants to make money. What we are seeing from the Chinese leadership is you keep believing that and we'll keep doing what we're doing.
1: Wow. That, that is just uh, so scary. So if, in fact, uh, China's digital currency does uh, become embedded around the world, Is there a national
0: security threat? The problem is that everyone says, don't make countries choose. They don't want to have to choose between China and the United States. And as Americans, that makes a lot of sense to us. The problem is that it may well be the Chinese who eventually start saying, you're going to have to make a choice. And the more a country is tied to China, whether it's because of their software, because their communications network is made by Huawei, because their finances are tied to the renminbi, the more that country isn't going to have a choice when it has to make that choice. So is it a threat right now, tomorrow morning? Are we going to wake up and everybody's going to have to be learning Mandarin? No. Five years, 10 years, 15 years down the road, as China deepens its ties to key resource and commodity suppliers like Bolivia, which produces lithium, which is important for electric vehicles, um, and continues to import oil from places like Kazakhstan and Angola and Nigeria, it, that's that's a lot harder to say.
1: How do we counter that, Dean? I mean, I know there's no um, magic answer, but I'm sure people, when you say, okay, 10 15 20 years it's a serious problem potentially how do we counter that what do we do how do we start
0: you know I mean people you know often argue uh, about free trade one of the things to realize is that a stronger global economy benefits us not only in terms of cheaper goods here at home but also better ties to your business partners um, the irony is that China, by you know doing the trade approach it's taken for the last 30 years but has slowed down on, um, has created interest groups in every country around the world that lobbies for better ties with China to not confront China. So on the one hand, we need to put the pressure back on the Chinese to open up their economy, and they're clamping down on that. At the same time, realizing that when we trade with Nigeria and we trade with uh, Greece and we trade with Thailand, that we're tying those countries to us. And, you know, in a confrontation with China, we are going to want to need allies, not necessarily for their troops, but for their economic resources to be parts of our supply chain, et cetera.
1: Yep, absolutely. Uh, Well put. Uh, thanks so much, Jean, uh, uh, Dean, for you know coming on this morning and shining so much light on a lot of different issues. I really appreciate it. Thanks again for having me. Oh, absolutely. Look forward to having you back. I hope you and your wife have a uh, really enjoyable Memorial Day weekend. Um, and again, folks, go to uh, heritage.org, and uh, Dean's last name is C H E N G. Just search it, and you can see all kinds of great material uh that he's put out uh and a lot of of uh, his um his colleagues they do such good work it's so thorough um it's uh concise it's there's not a lot uh if any fluff in it um so i think you'll enjoy that resource and that's why we love having dean and and his colleagues on the program uh throughout the year because we really learn uh what we should be learning and not uh the ridiculous stuff that uh other people are are um you know putting out there so uh go to heritage.org and um that does it for us we're out of time I'll talk with you next week on the Morning News Express uh live updates 5565750 with Bob Miller and Ryan Hedrick and then we'll be back here uh next Saturday again for another edition of the Your Financial Editor program. And um, the latest uh, complimentary download for you at murrayfinancialgroup.com is, will your money last as long as you do? That is such a powerful question. You know, don't go into retirement wondering if you're going to have enough money. You know, the whole thing is people say, well, if I have X amount of dollars, is that enough? That's not how you look at it. You know, it's got to be customized to your budget and to the way you want to live your retirement to make sure you don't outlast your money. And that's what uh, this complimentary download is all about. Go to murrayfinancialgroup.com and um, help yourself to that, uh, that download. It'll go right to your email box and you can enjoy it over uh, the weekend. Again, thank you so much for all those that uh, paid the ultimate price giving their life. For this wonderful country, Um, whether it was from, as I mentioned, the early skirmishes when we were just uh, creating America to uh, the guys and girls that are out there right this hour, as you know, we're here on the program taking care of business for all of us and risking their lives and some of them losing that Uh, military first responders, um, law enforcement. Thank you all so much. And I hope everyone does have uh, a good Memorial Day weekend. And we just have to remember, right, what it's about and uh, remind our kids and our grandkids, too. This is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success.
2: I'm through standing in line the clubs I'm never getting. It's like the bottom of the ninth and I'm never going to win this. Life hasn't turned out quite the way I want it to be.
0: Breaking local news first, straight to your phone. Just turn on notifications on the WFMD app, free from News Radio 930. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com. 930 WFMD Sports Update. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles.
2: Here's Kevin figures. A trio of game threes in the NBA on Friday night, and it was capped off by the Clippers beating the Mavericks in Dallas by the score of 118 to 108. Kawhi Leonard made his first eight field goal attempts and finished with 36 points, while Paul George chipped in 29. Dallas leads that series two games to one. Brooklyn's lead over the Celtics is now 2-1 after Jason Tatum scored 50 points, leading Boston to a 125-119 victory. Atlanta has a 2-1 lead over the Knicks. Trey Young scoring 21 points and dishing out 14 dimes, Leading the Hawks to a 105-294 victory. In the NHL, Las Vegas made light work of the wild with a 6-2 victory in game 7 of their first round matchup. In baseball, the Giants beat the Dodgers 8-5 in 10 innings. Padres scored 7 runs in the top of the 11th. They came away with a 10-3 victory over Houston. Kyle Lewis a home run for Seattle as they beat Texas. Oakland handed Shoei Otani his first loss of the season as they beat the Angels 3-1. I'm Kevin Fickers.
0: News Radio 930. WFMD Frederick, a connoisseur media radio station, 7
2: o'clock.